Hi, this is Edda Dale Hornsteiner, and welcome to Live Living's Transformational Connection, the place where you experience how to reconnect your body, mind, and spirit to God. Today, I will be speaking about the gift of suffering based on the newly released book, Just Show Up, The Dance of Walking Through Suffering Together by Jill Lynn Butane and Kara Tippett's who died of breast cancer this year. Kara Tippett and her family moved to Colorado in January 2012 to begin a church. In just a few months of being there, Kara found out she had breast cancer, which she battled for three years. During this short period of time, Jill got to know Kara and developed a friendship that turned out to be a gift from God. Welcome, Jill, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Jill, most of us would have isolated ourselves or turned inward if faced with a terminal illness. But Kara opened up her life to you and many others. You were one of those chosen by Kara to be a witness to her suffering. Why do you think Kara wanted you to chronicle her suffering and tell her story? Well, she was so good about being open and talking about things that most people don't want to talk about. She was constantly blogging and all throughout her illness. And then once it became terminal, uh, she just continued to talk about it. So for her, um, having gone through so much suffering, seeing how her community rallied around her um, and the way and the things we learned to do and to not do, I think she saw chronicling that as a gift to other people trying to help others figure out how to do this together because being with each other during suffering is just a scary thing. We, we just don't know how to do it. And Karen and I both wanted to tell that story to hopefully give people some confidence that this might never be an easy thing to do, but it's important and, and God makes really beautiful things happen when we do enter into suffering with one another. I've read your book. And you obviously can write. You're a writer. So was she aware you had writing ability, so she chose you to write the book? Yes, so I was writing fiction already. And I have a fiction book out. Yep, so we were both writers. And we would just kind of talk about, we should write a book together one day. We would just sort of dream over that. And then this subject came to the forefront, and it just clicked. It made sense. Here she was on the inside, and I was functioning, you know, walking through this as a friend with her and learning so much. And so once we settled on this topic, it was like, yep, this is a go. Mm-hmm. Well, the suffering and happiness are a part of life, although most right. of us would choose happiness always. That's not yes, life. Yes, me too. Or- <laughs> <laughs> so how should we handle suffering when faced with it, either as a friend or a sufferer, or maybe as Tara would say, how to handle the hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think she definitely faced her suffering head on, and it was not easy for her. I mean, she certainly had very, very hard days and days when she struggled, but she always tried to choose joy. She always tried to be grateful for something, you know, using that as a tool to pull her out of a tough day. Um, And she also relied on her friends. If she was having 
um, a bad day or needed encouragement, she was willing to let us in. And I think that would, is something she would advise people, even though it's hard, if you can let people into it with you, let them help carry part of that load and, and be there for you. So a, so a great part has to do, it, the person who's suffering has to let you in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I would have a hard time with that. I talk about that in the book um, because Karen and I are different personalities. She was very extroverted and a people person. And since I really feel alone, I don't know exactly what this situation would look like for me. But I do know that the community and people matter. And for me, accepting help from others would probably be a struggle, but it's important. I learned just how important that is because when Kara accepted our help and let us in, that's really what built so much of her community so quickly because she was willing to receive. Okay, so she let you in, but on your side, suffering does not seem to be something a lot of us would want to actually enter in. So how did you choose to enter this? Was it, was it easy? Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you have to, what do you have to do to prepare yourself to handle this? Sure. I think it's something we definitely have to process and make a choice about. For me, I had had situations in the past where I didn't enter into suffering with someone. I would see them and know that something horrible or hard had happened to them. I wouldn't approach it or them. I wouldn't say anything. I was just so afraid to say the wrong thing and and hurt someone or make it uncomfortable. So going into this with Kara, I analyzed those situations and thought, I just don't want to be that person again. And that's really where I started was just thinking, I don't want to do that again, but I don't know what this is going to look like. But I feel like I ended up choosing her somewhat and thinking, all right, I'm in. I don't know what that <laughs> means, um, but I'm in. And, and so, and I told her that one time, and she understood that. I mean, it is sort of a process. You have to decide, okay, when I see this person, wherever I see them, I'm going to talk to them. Um, sometimes it can just start that simple. Um, there was a story about, uh, to a friend of a friend of someone who had lost his son through a drowning accident. And all I could think was, no one is going to go up and talk to him because there is nothing, there is nothing we can say to make that better. But, you know, everyone's going to be walking by that person with their head down because there's nothing to say to make it better. So I think if we can just learn to approach that person and love them and just say, I'm so sorry, and just make that choice that we're going to acknowledge someone's suffering, that's just a huge, huge thing. We don't have to fix it, but we can choose people. We can choose to, maybe, you know, the story won't be the same as it was with Karen and I or her friends, but even just looking someone in the eye and saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't know what else to say. You know, that's an acceptable thing, and it, and it recognizes that person's suffering. Right. Yeah, I do think that, I think we feel like we need to fix the situation is that sense of right. feeling powerless. Um, yeah. And I think you nailed it right there. If we can't fix it, uh, what can we say? And, you know, I'll pray for you, 
um, mm-hmm. we may say, yeah. but is that sufficiently wonder because we're thinking we still need to fix the situation, um, and I think perhaps you're right about that. Um, you also said um, in your book that encouraging someone's suffering is hurtful, ignoring someone's suffering is hurtful, mm-hmm. not saying mm-hmm. anything at all is wounding. So right. why is it important to encourage even the sufferer to speak about his or her suffering? Yeah. And, you know, maybe they don't want to talk about it, and that's okay too, but I think we can gently approach people. Um, you want them to know you see them. You see what they're going through. When my friend lost her her mom to breast cancer, after I didn't bring it up because I just thought, I don't want to wound my friend more. You know, I don't want to make her think about something that's already hard. But someone pointed out to me, when someone is suffering, they're already thinking about that all the time. We're not putting it on their mind. It's already there, you know, that pain and the fact that she was mourning. And so I, you know, if I could go back, I would just express to her, I'm so sorry. I, I see what you're going through. I don't, you know, I haven't been through it, but I love you. I'm here for you. If you ever have something you want me to pray about, let me know. It's like we don't have to have perfect words and fix it, like you said, but we just want to acknowledge this is going on and this is happening because they're already thinking about it all the time. So we're definitely not bringing up something that they aren't already processing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There's just so much fear involved when it comes to suffering and not being able yeah. to identify with it, and especially if, and in the case where there's a terminal illness, even to speak of death, it's very fearful for a, a lot of people. It um, is, it is. Right, but there is a, a, an emotional connection that is needed and, um, and seems to be a part of the healing process and needed in life, which I'm hearing you speak about. Um, a, a Dr. Daniel Siegel, I, I just want to share something. He's a psychiatrist, and, and he says that is an important part of how people, says that an important part of how people change, including their brains, is through the process of telling their stories to an empathetic listener. When a person tells her story and truly heard and understood, both she and the listener undergo actual changes in their brain circuitry. They feel a greater sense of emotional and relational connection, decreased anxiety, and greater awareness and compassion for others' suffering. So the ability to listen empathetically to each other's story allows our minds to connect so that each person begins to experience change. So that instinct that you had or, you know, the Holy Spirit led you, you know, you're right on track with that. Yeah, another lesson learned um, for me, listening, um, listening without trying to fix. I'm a total fix-it person. Um, And, you know, Kara was dying, and so there was this sense of panic almost of, if I hear of anything that can help her, you know, I should tell her or... Honestly, our job was to listen and and to just walk with her. Um, we didn't. She didn't expect us to fix anything, and she didn't expect us to have perfect answers for her suffering. None of us knew what we were doing or how to do this. I mean, Kara would say, 
you know, who knows how to die? She would always say she wanted to die well. And, and she just worked so hard to still be the person that she always had been and to be kind. And, but absolutely, it just became about being together and, and learning to listen to her story and now go out into the world and listen to other people's stories and just love them mm-hmm. for whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. How will you change by walking this road of suffering for Kara? I know you talk about her a lot, but what about you? Well, I think I've learned to step into things that I wouldn't have before. So I don't like to be uncomfortable, um, and I talk about that in the book. And I've learned that for me, perhaps suffering is never going to be a comfortable thing to walk into. There's never going to be perfect answers of how to do it. And I think it's just, I realized it's a choice that I have to make. And so that really helped me. It's sort of like stepping into your fear. You might fear, fear something, but you do it anyway. And, and that's what walking with, through suffering with people has become for me is, is more of a choice. And for me, too, my faith was really impacted by Kara because I had gone through some hard, some hard situations in life, and I felt like my faith had started to... I don't know if my faith weakened or even how to describe it, but I just stopped trusting that God was good. And I, don't even, I didn't even realize I'd been doing it. And then Kara came along, and she was just screaming, God is still good, even when you're dying. She's dying. She yeah. is before you found yourself not trusting in the goodness, didn't realize you were mm-hmm. not even trusting in the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. But then right. you meet Kara, who is dying of cancer, and she's mm-hmm. talking about God's goodness still. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and that really gave me this permission to grab onto my faith and say, she's right, this is biblical, and I'm not going to believe the lies the world is trying to tell me that because they're suffering... God doesn't care about us. Um, he does care about us. And so for me, she, my faith just changed walking through this with her. Um, that was just, it impacted me so much to see her suffering and still believing, still trusting. And now I think, you know, I don't understand why Tara had to, why she had to die. I don't understand why the story had to go this way. That's why I have to learn to trust that God knows something that I don't know. Well, he knows a lot of things that I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I've learned that I, I need to trust in him even when I don't understand why something is happening. Mm-hmm. I want to read to our listeners um, what you wrote on page 24. And you said, but we are messy together. If you're peeking in the window and seeing only heartbreak, then you're missing the bigger picture. Open the doors wide so that you can see the community that has been built during this hard journey. The friendships formed, the modeling of doing life together that has changed people's lives. Faith and community have sprouted and flourished. Deeper relationships have grown. We, have, we all have to depend on him, on each other, fair is a loony companion. Look what I would have missed had I let those whispers of doubts win. It would have been a lonely existence. 
if I had hid myself away, worrying about saying or doing the wrong thing, or if I had held back because Kara and I didn't have a friendship that spanned years. This experience has changed me for the rest of my life. Yes, I've been stretched in places that don't feel good as I watch cancer eat away at my friend. But while my soul might be writhing in that pain, something beautiful has come from the pushing and pulling and discomfort. I've grown. I've learned so much from Kara and from doing friendship during her suffering. I no longer feel like that person I once was. I still struggle in certain areas, but I feel as though I've shed one layer of me so another could be revealed, another step on the path to doing what God asks of me. Tell me about also, you talked about the insecurities. There's a section um, in uh, page 119, uh, beginning there, where you talk about the insecurities that began to grip you and even other mm-hmm. members of the group. Because uh, I think that that's, you know, suffering, when we look at it in the way you're seeing it, because this is not a sad story we're talking about here. You're talking mm-hmm. about a gift that you've received from suffering. And in order to receive that gift, some, you, know, you had to confront your insecurities. Share that a little bit about that for us. And do you see that as a part of the process of transcending in order to receive the gift that comes through out of suffering? Yes, absolutely. Well, the insecurity part is so hard because you definitely think, why am I feeling insecure? <laughs> this situation isn't about me. Here, Kara is sick um, and dying and and I'm consumed with thoughts about myself. I think Satan so badly wants us to do anything but what God wants us to do. And so if he could get me to concentrate on that, on my own insecurities, then, then he would win. So for me, I, I had to learn to pray through that. And I just don't know that that's something that is ever going to fully go away. Like I said earlier, when you're uncomfortable and suffering is uncomfortable, maybe that's never going to go away, but you enter it anyway. Same thing with insecurity. Um, it's probably going to be there. It's going to try to plague you because why not? Anything that you're not focusing on what God wants you doing. But for us, I mean, I had to work through insecurities with girlfriends, and they could speak truth into what was going on. Um, and that was another way that we built community because we could go to each other and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And then there's also another side of insecurity beyond the friendship aspect of where do I fit in this person's life. Um, but it, there's also the insecurity of how do I show up and how do, how, what choice do I make to be there for this person? Do they want me, <laughs> I mean, are they a loner? Do they want people there? You have to kind of dance through all of these things. And so that's why I think the insecurities will probably be there for everyone as you go through suffering with a friend. But I think processing through them is is so incredibly important. Don't let them weigh you down to the point where you give up. So suffering, when we allow ourselves to go through deep suffering, it allows us to remove the false selves. You know, I think of insecurities as the false selves that we have built around us and we use as, as a form of protection. 
But when we allow ourselves to go through deep suffering, whether we're the individual who's suffering, letting the person in, or whether we're deciding to walk along someone who is suffering, it allows us, it has to, we have to strip ourselves and remove right. that false self that is built on shame and fear to find, in your case, you found the gift, which was pure love based in friendship, and that's right. so beautiful. Tara called this friendship community, and, it, and, and I, it's a powerful word when I saw her use it, and she used them, she used friendship and community interchangeably, mm-hmm. and right. how did she grow this community? Because this is one of the, one of the things that I found very fascinating about the book you wrote with her, and this friendship that not just with you, but with others, and right. it grows into a community. How did one person, one person mm-hmm. who is on their dying bed, do this? Mm. Well, Kara would say, she didn't do it, Jesus did it. <laughs> um, I just hear that answer in, in my head from her. Um, she was really great at continuing to reach out to people, and instead of shutting down, when many of us would have, she continued to reach out. She loved on her friends. Um, I remember moments like in the hospital. She she woke up in the middle of the night and turned to me and said, "Is who's checking on so and so?" We had a friend that had moved away. She just was such a nurturer of community and friendship, and I think she modeled that in ways that people see and they think. I want to be like that or I want to be in that community. Um, but I hope as Christians that we can go out and and learn lessons from her and how she did things and continue that then in our own circles. Because, yes, yeah, she really just, she loves people. I mean, it really came down to loving people. I really um, enjoyed reading your journal entries, which which introduce your chapters. Um, journaling is so important because it shows what's going on in our brains or in our minds. And in order to know how we're changing, we need to be aware of these interactions within. I'll just read um, one of your entries on, on page 79 because I really, I'm a, I journal all the time. I'm a journaler myself. And I love reading this one. And it's on page 79. Today, I simply want to scream. Tara says the answers from her doctor are as she expected. And if I'm allowed to be honest, they are for me too. I see her suffering the way she doesn't feel well. And it makes my mind wonder regarding what is happening, where the cancer is moving. But then there's the hope, the thing waving arms and saying things like, maybe it will be gone. Can you imagine the miracle? Can you see the people rejoicing? But when it doesn't happen like that, where do I go? Usually tears and then prayers. They aren't eloquent. They are usually short phrases, often one word. Jesus, help. Do you see the suffering? But of course, he does. He knows. I love this friend of mine. I know so many who read her blog feel the same way. They've chosen to jump in with her with her family, 
To care about someone they've never met. This I love. So often we see a blog post or someone else is suffering and we disconnect. I know I do. The suffering in this world can be too much. Sometimes people tell me they can't read Kara's blog. They can't handle hearing about cancer. And that's when I know they've never really read a blog because it's about life far more than it is about cancer. It's about kindness. It's about apologizing to my children when I lose my temper for the millionth time. It's about taking every moment captive. It's about stopping in the middle of an excellent chapter to be present with my children. She's taught me so much, and yet she's just a friend, just a mom, with kids in the same classes as my kids, just a friend whose story isn't what she expected, isn't what we expected, just not. Some days it feels like nothing fits the story, but a few words I might not otherwise think or say. How did your journals help you help your relationship with Kara? Whew, sorry, I'm a little emotional today. Um, you know, it was so hard to process with her or process what was going on with her because we're of similar ages. And so there is this part of you that thinks, what if this were me? Or how would I deal with this? So for me, um, I almost just had to journal these thoughts. There was, what else was I going to do with them? This just, this story was such a big deal. Her suffering was so impacting all of our lives, really. She meant so much to us. And it hurt. It was incredibly painful um, to see her suffer, to see her be in pain, and to know that it could have been any one of us, really. Um, so for me, I just I had to process. I never knew they would end up in a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just sort of saved them on my computer and, you know, okay. It, it just was a way for me to purge what she was going through and, and my reactions to what she was going through. Um, I just think I needed that release, I guess. And the fun, you know, you say you're a journaler. I'm actually not a big journaler. I don't do it all of the time. But with Kara, I just felt like I had to. I had to process these emotions. They were just too mm. much to handle, to keep inside. As I was reading this book, you know, um, I think I cried in some places. I'll have to look through the book to see where the wet spots were. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I if, I would be praying for God to heal my friend mm-hmm. and believing for him to heal my friend, whom I love mm-hmm. so dearly. So yeah. how did you handle this when it didn't happen, when she died? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I think we always think of healing as an earthly thing. And she is healed. She is not in pain, and she's happy. She has no sadness. So while we might be sad and missing her, um, she she is not sad. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes because mm-hmm. we don't know anything else. And I've really just sort of tried to accept that there is so much I don't understand about heaven and about what God is doing in this that 
I just have to trust him um, anyway, even though it wasn't what I wanted. You know, he had bigger plans than this. And I, I don't say that lightly. I am not the kind of person to just spout off, um, you know, easy things or like faith is easy. It's not. This is something I have to come to over and over. I have to keep trusting him every day that he knows more than me, that that he has a plan with Kara that I probably will not understand until I get to heaven. That That's the point that I had to come to and I think a lot of us had to come to because absolutely we prayed for healing for her and I believed God could heal her um, on this earth. But that wasn't the choice he made. And and then you have to process that too when the next person comes along and I have to remind myself God is still in the business of miracles and if he wants to do his healing work on earth, he will. Can you tell our listening audience where we can purchase your book and find more information about your community? Sure, absolutely. It should be in any bookstores, um, and it's also online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and um, but yeah, it should be pretty much anywhere that books are sold. Um, I think it's filed under Kara's last name, Tippett, and so I'm online at Jill lyncom That's my site. And then also over at MundaneFaithfulness.com, which is Kara's site that is still in operation. A friend of hers runs the blog now, and I do some guest blogging there. So either way is a great place to connect. For the Christian, there is meaning in suffering. It can transform us to discover our true selves in Christ. Kara transcends her suffering and, and so only the love of Christ covering even her unto death. I want Kara to leave with the last words on this show, which is the last chapter in your book, Just Show Up. I don't want this to end, the book and my life. I'm not afraid of dying. It's just that I don't want to go. But just like I've tried to show up for life, I'll show up for death. I am ready. If there's one constant in our world, it's pain and suffering. Just look around. It might be a woman dying of cancer. It might be a neighbor dying inside of loneliness. We have to be careful not to put a grade on pain, like hers is greater than his. Pain is pain, and suffering is suffering. What this means, though, is that each and every day of our lives is filled with opportunities to just show up in someone's life. We can set aside a little of ourselves, step into someone else's story, and see how Jesus shows up. And my dear friends, Jesus always shows up. Always. I use the word community a lot. I do that intentionally. It is a very important word to me. But I have to tell you that you could go back through everything I've said or written, and every time you come across the word community, you could substitute the word friend. That's what Jill and I are talking about. Friends show up for each other. It may be some of the best work we do in our lives, being a friend. It's kind of tough to write the last sentence of a book. I still want to say so much. My little body has grown tired of battle and is no longer helping. But what I see, what I know, what I have is Jesus. He has still given me breath, and with it, I pray I would live well and fade well. By degrees, doing both, living and dying, as I have moments left to live, I get to draw my people close 
kiss them, and tenderly speak love over their lives. I get to pray into eternity my hopes and fears for the moments of my love. I get to laugh and cry and wonder about heaven. I do not feel like I have the courage for this journey, but I have Jesus, and he will provide. He has given me so much to be grateful for, and that gratitude, that wonder about his love, will cover us all. It will carry us, carry us in ways we cannot comprehend. Those were the last words of Kara in the book, Just Show Up. And Jill, thank you for reading those words, and thank you for being on the show and walking through this journey for us and modeling what a true friend does in a situation like this. Mm. Thank you for having me.